We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the 19th and final episode of this season. And I say this season. We're still in contract negotiations here for for a long-term deal. So we'll see if they renew us for another season. But we are here to talk divisional playoffs. We'll do some year-long stuff as well. We'll wrap it up. We'll give you our year-long thoughts, some four-one-outs, some third and wrongs, some faith hills, not only for this week, but for the entire season. So stay tuned for that at the end of the episode. Well, let's get in. Let's jump into this week. Should be a fun week of playoffs, guys. Divisional round, always my favorite week. So let's bring in Head Chopper, Notorious Chop. Let's get started with you. How was the wild card weekend? Fun game of playoffs? The Jacksonville-Buffalo game, maybe not so much. That maybe put me to sleep. But rest of it, some pretty exciting games. How'd you do wild card weekend? Yeah, it, it was a pretty good weekend. I ended up ended up making some money, I think. So that's always good. Uh, but there was a couple of dead spots in there, but you're, that's going to happen uh, during wild card weekend. So yeah, I feel pretty good about it. It was pretty decent. All right, Derek, how about yourself? How'd wild card weekend treat you? Yeah, anytime I can watch meaningful football on Saturday and Sunday, uh, it's going to be a good weekend. I didn't have the best DFS week. Uh, I pull one out for all of my late swap decisions. I seem to, you know, <laughs> in the first game we get off to a rough start, so I'd make some swaps. Then the next game I'd uh, make the wrong swaps. I'd make more swaps the next game. And, uh, yeah, that was just a bad uh, uh, decision-making on my part. But uh, definitely excited for another week of football. Yeah, absolutely. We got a, a nice lineup of games. You know, some teams pulled the upset and moving on. I was kind of shocked the Rams uh, got it handed to them. But, you know, it was almost the experience factor. Atlanta went in there, took care of business. So few upsets, but nothing too major here besides the Chiefs choking at home. We'll get to that as well. But let's start with those Falcons guys going to Philadelphia. We know Philadelphia, the number one seed based on the play of Carson Wentz, in my opinion. Well, they don't have him here. They're underdogs at home. Nick Foles leading the charge here, Chop. So let's get started with you. You've got a, a fond place in your heart for Nick Foles. Is this a spot where you can roll him out against the Falcons? And then what does Atlanta do? You know, there's a variety of ways that they can beat this team. Is it on the ground? Is it through the air? Freeman, Julio, thoughts here on Falcons. Eagles, to lead us off. Yeah, I was absolutely shocked when I saw this spread for the first time here. Uh, 
couple of days ago. Uh, Philadelphia at home as the number one seed, being an underdog to Atlanta by a full field goal. And I, I was, I know they don't have their number one, their quarterback, but still, it, that's that's a pretty rare thing. So I don't know, man. I was fully expecting Atlanta to be the underdogs. It kind of changes your 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 thought process. I thought Atlanta underdog and and. Uh, I don't like them as the favorite, so I'm a little bit leery now. And uh, the one thing I got to look out for is the weather. Is Matt Ryan? It's on the road. It's not a dome anymore. It's not a good, friendly environment. So I'm going to check out the weather and make sure it's got to be tip top for him. There can't be any wind, and it can't be too cold. So if that if if the weather works out all right, I can go to Julio Jones here. I, you know, I think Sanu is a really low ceiling kind of guy. So I don't not sure I want to use him this weekend. The tight ends are pretty much a blank so it's julio and um i don't even think i want to go freeman or coleman if i did anybody i'd go coleman uh they're about 60 40 on snaps in favor of freeman but if it gets into a passing game where you absolutely can't run the ball against philly and they are a good run defense maybe coleman draws even at 50 50 as far as snaps and touches so maybe coleman but julio jones is the guy i'm looking at for atlanta uh and i don't, I don't trust matt ryan on the road uh, on the flip side yeah man why not? You could take a shot at Foles. Isn't it? You could take a shot on anybody at the right price, and this is the right price. But I'm feeling like this is going to be a, a really nice spot for Ajayi. And I, I said that for the last couple of games of the season. But uh, he's well-rested now. And if you're ever going to use him and give him a full set of carries, you're in the playoffs. Now's the time to do it. So if he's going to be there, Bell Cow, it's going to start this week. So I've, I'm going to be on the Ajayi train. Uh, if I'm leaning towards one wide receiver, it's Nelson Aguilar. I know we're going to do a pour one out at some point, and if I was going to do a season-long pour one out, you know, I'd be hard-pressed. There's uh, some guys who really fell off this year that I would use, but Alshon Jeffrey might just make the list. He went this entire season and never had a 100-yard game. and He only had two games over 80 yards this whole year. He absolutely made up for a lot of that lack of production with touchdowns, but He's a very low upside guy right now, so Nelson Aguilar is the guy I would turn to. And, of course, Zach Ertz is going to be your probably your second-best option on the weekend. But I think you can definitely extract some value here from Philadelphia. So let's go back. Any poor one-outs for the wild card weekend? We forgot to get to that. We always start the show off uh, with that. So, Chop, while you're here, any poor one-outs that stand out to you from last week? Well, my biggest, my biggest poor one-out – well, I'm – Okay, so I, this is debatable here, and this this may be controversial. I'll, I'm going to pour one out for Travis Kelsey. Now, I want to go with some Tennessee wide receivers, but Travis Kelsey, I was way, way over the field on him, and he had a monster first half on his way to a big game. And in the end, spending the, the 7,100 on Kelsey of, and getting 16 points was not good in comparison to you could have spent a lot less and got – a few points less out of Delaney or spent a lot less and got a lot more out of Greg Olson. Those were your main options. Chelsea ended up being the wrong decision because of the injury. Now it's not his fault. He was injured, but I got to pour one out for my lineups with Kelsey. Uh, I, I worked around him and it ended up not being a good decision because of the injury. And he was looking oh, good yeah. too. You know, I got the touchdowns like, all right, Kelsey's going to roll. All is going to be well. And then, Got his bell rung, so we'll see about that. Derek, uh, pour one out before we get your thoughts here on Falcons and Eagles from last week. Yeah, like I said, I think my pouring out is just my uh, poor decision-making. I should have just said it and forget it uh, like we do with basketball. But, uh, yeah, I got off a lot of good plays just because I was trying to get 
uh, more contrarian uh, after my team started out so poorly. So basically all the decisions I made were my poor one out. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pour one out for the Chiefs. How the hell are you up twenty one to three at home and you let this Tennessee team come back and establish the run somehow and defeat you? So Chiefs fans, I, I don't know what's going on there. You know, they keep saying Andy Reid's job is safe. Guys lost six straight home playoff games, not just playoff games, home playoff games. So pour one out for them and the Rams as well, man. I had high hopes for the Rams. I thought they were one of the teams could do some damage in the NFC. Going out for the Rams as well. As far as my lineups, Todd Gurley you know, was not worth the price tag. So, you know, didn't get it done. I don't think he got enough touches in that game. You know, game flow kind of went away from him. But uh, there were other running backs that you needed on the slate. Todd Gurley, my poor one out for wild card weekend. All right, Derek, let's get your thoughts here. Falcons coming into Philadelphia as favorites here. The quarterbacks are cheap. The running backs are all cheap here. You know, I like to call the jive a chop 4,600 on that uh, even julio under 8k so seems like a lot of value here which is standing out the most for you i was surprised by this line as well uh eagles one of the best home field advantages they were seven and one during the regular season they're ranked sixth in dvoa against the pass fourth in dvoa against a run we know the falcons aren't great uh, offensively on the road so yeah i mean it's a little surprising to see their uh, implied total over 22 points i know they do have experience on their side uh you know they've been to the playoffs more than the Eagles have lately. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I'd actually lean toward the Eagles to win this game. But as far as fantasy goes, not really interested in Ryan or uh, Mohamed Sanu or the tight end, Austin Hooper. I think uh, if I'm targeting anyone, it's going to be Julio Jones. I like the price on him. And uh, it's just going to be a spot where, you know, must-win game where I think he's going to get peppered with targets. As far as the running backs go, I don't mind uh, Devin, Devontae Freeman or Tevin Coleman. Not really core plays in my eyes, but uh, if you look at the game from last week against the Rams, Freeman had 19 touches, Coleman had 17 touches. So if you want to go uh, you know, a little bit cheaper, I think Coleman might be the better point-per-dollar play there. Uh, for the Eagles, I don't mind Foles. There's not very many value plays that I like in this slate. Uh, you know, Once we get into the playoffs – you know, we don't have those, uh, you know, great running back values and that kind of thing. So Foles isn't a terrible play for me here. We know the Falcons not great against the run or against the pass. I like the Jai call by Chop and by Ubeer. I think, uh, you know, he's going to be the bell cow here. 50% of the snaps uh, over his last three games for the Eagles. Also agree with Chop on Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey runs most of his routes outside. Should see Desmond Trufant and uh, Aguilar in Foles' last two starts has nine and seven targets. So I definitely like Aguilar. He's one of my favorite value plays on the board. And uh, Zach Ertz, definitely like him on DraftKings. 5800s definitely a nice price for him. Uh, I think on FanDuel I'll probably end up going to Gronk or to Delaney Walker. But Ertz might be my guy on fan, uh, DraftKings. All right, let's move on to the Saturday night game. We have Tennessee. We just talked about went into Kansas City and somehow got it done. Well, now big underdogs here, Derek, going to New England. New England anywhere from a 13 to 14 point favorite in this one. Now, speaking of Tennessee, I mean, he's my third wrong on Derek Henry, a guy that, you know, it all made sense to use him. Kansas City was not good against the run. For some reason, didn't want to play Derek Henry. That cost me in a lot of my lineups because he had a huge day. But now... Double-digit underdogs. The price went up $1,300. New England, not very good against the run. But generally, Derek, we don't want our running backs as big underdogs on the road. So how are you handling Derek Henry? How are you handling Marcus Mariota? That pass to himself for a touchdown. 
unbelievable. One of the best plays I've ever seen as far as daily fantasy goes. You know, a little double dip that we've never seen. So Tennessee, how do they get it done here against New England? And New England side of things, always a lot of options here. Starting to get healthy in that backfield. Burkhead, White, limited practices for both of those guys. So break down your Tennessee interest and then prioritize your New England interest. Everyone's going to be going there. Where's the best place to go with the Patriots? Yeah, as far as Derrick Henry is concerned, you know, the game flow is a little bit of a concern. But, uh, you know, we saw last week they were down 18 at the half and they just continued to pound the rock with Henry. Uh, he's not really a good pass-catching running back, but he will get a few targets here. So I don't mind him. He's probably a better play for me on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings. I think with the full PPR, uh, I'm probably going to look elsewhere, especially if I'm trying to give up get up to Le'Veon Bell. But I do like the passing game quite a bit. Uh, Marcus Mariota, he's had 18 rushes over the last two weeks. That's something that we haven't seen from him a lot this year. He's definitely getting outside of the pocket a little bit more, looking to make plays with his legs. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, if he's going to throw passes to himself, that's just another bonus. Um, all three of his receivers, very cheap. Rashard Matthews, Corey Davis, Eric Decker, all under 4,500. They all played at least 50 snaps last week, and, you know, we need value. So Matthews is my favorite of the three, but I will certainly be sprinkling in Davis and Decker. And then Delaney Walker, uh, pretty nice spot for him as well. Uh, you know, he's kind of Mariota's safety blanket, so I definitely like him, uh, especially on FanDuel. For the Patriots, yeah, a lot of rumors floating around in New England. Not really sure what's going on there. Uh, but angry Tom Brady's back. I think uh, if you're paying up for a quarterback, you got to pay up for Brady. Um, definitely a good spot for him. Titans are 28th in DVA against the pass. Uh, we got to monitor Rex Burkhead's injury. Uh, sounds like he has a brace on his left knee today at practice. Still couldn't do stretches all the way. And, uh, you know, he was favoring it while he was running. So if he's available... Uh, he might be limited, so it's something to monitor heading into the game time. If he ends up being out, I think Deion Lewis becomes an excellent play. And I'd actually play uh, Lewis over Henry in that scenario. Uh, but if Burkhead's active and not limited, then I'll probably just avoid the backfield altogether and instead load up on uh, Brady and some of his weapons. I think Brandon Cooks is an excellent tournament play. Uh, Chris Hogan's interesting. He should be active. He's had uh, more targets inside the 10-yard line than any other pass catcher for New England, and he's only played nine games this season. And then Gronk, it's hard to not like Gronk in this spot. Um, he's obviously the best pass catcher in this game and maybe uh, on the slate too. Yeah, and I think you can make him work pretty easily. You know, you mentioned some of the re- receiver value there for Tennessee. You're definitely interested uh, in a Corey Davis again, chop 3,400. Had some last week, got seven targets, so that was encouraging. Decker ended up getting the touchdown, but I think there's definitely some value there. So your thoughts, Tennessee, uh, what are you doing with Derrick Henry with his price hike? And then, again, prioritize New England. A lot of ways that you can go here, whether it's Lewis, whether it's Brady, Gronk, Cooks, all of the above. How are you handling the Patriots here as big home favorites? I think you can absolutely fire up Mariota again just because uh, I think he's going to, just like last week, show a real willingness to run uh, more than more than even the regular season. He's pretty good at it, so I'm good with that. And pick a pick one of his wide receivers. He's got four four guys you could choose from: Matthews, Davis, Decker, and Walker. I would probably favor Matthews and then Walker, then Davis and Decker. But who knows? You know, uh, Decker got the touchdown last week, like you said, but that could have very easily been. Uh, I mean, they they tried to target Walker a lot, and that could have been Corey Davis too, but. Rashard Matthews was the odd man out last week, but I, I think that changes. But Derrick Henry, you know, I have no problems with him in this game. I know it's not a good spread for him, but 
Yeah, man, like like Notorious mentioned, it, you don't get much worse than being down 21 to 3 at halftime on the road, and he still you know, got his carries the second half. I don't know if that plays out again like that, but at least they showed a willingness to stick to the game plan. Mm-hmm. And this guy's this guy's big enough and strong enough that if they do stick to that, then as the game wears on, he's only going to get better. So uh, if they if they stuck to that game plan, he can still you know bail you out in the fourth quarter with a long run. That's just what he does. So I'd fire up Henry again. He's, he's a good play. And then you go to New England. Like, this is where you win or lose tournaments every year in the playoffs, trying to pick these guys. If you pick right, you're going to win tournaments. If you pick wrong, which you do quite often, you know you're, gonna, you're not going to fare so well. I, I remember last year it was this round. It was the first game against uh, Houston where everybody was on Deion Lewis, and Deion Lewis came through. He was the chalk, but he hit for three touchdowns. Then we go to the next week. Nobody was on Chris Hogan, and Hogan is the one with 180 yards and two touchdowns. Then you go to the Super Bowl the next game after that, and like Deion Lewis disappears the next two weeks, and all of a sudden it's James White who's the Super Bowl MVP, and I don't know where James White even came from before that game. Like They weren't even using him the two games prior to that. So, yes, sometimes you can get it right like the Deion Lewis – but uh, more times than not, they really surprise you and they go to somebody you're not expecting. So if you can get the New England Patriots right, you're going to win tournaments this weekend because they're going to score 30-plus points. You just got to figure out who it is. My preference right now, I probably really load up on Gronkowski um, and maybe some extra pieces might might be Hogan for me and if Burkhead is active I think he'll he'll have a nice role um and then I'll probably have a lot less Lewis than the field and even Brandon Cooks so that's probably where I would go but I think Gronk is the guy I'm going to key in on this week yeah Tennessee 24th uh, in DVOA against the tight end position so definitely a good matchup for him just got a note to Marco Murray is officially out for this week and it Malarkey finally came to his senses even before Murray was announced out yeah, we're, we're going to start Derrick Henry here. It only took the guy 19 weeks to figure out, hey, this is our best running back. But Murray is out. So if you like Henry, you don't have to worry about that, them giving Murray carries. And if they can't keep it competitive, some people may shy away here from Derrick Henry with the price hike and as being a big underdog. But you guys bring up a good point. They didn't go away from it last week. They can stay in this game. And even if they're not, he's going to be a part of that game plan. So very intriguing game here. Let's move on to Sunday. You, you want to talk about intrigue. Jacksonville chop back to the scene of the crime. They went into Pittsburgh earlier this season, and they thoroughly dominated the Steelers. Five interceptions in that game for that defense. They made this team look lost. Now we get the rematch. Do you think it plays out the same way? Do you think Pittsburgh maybe changes up some things? Like, hey, let's get Le'Veon Bell the ball maybe instead of trying to throw so much against this Jacksonville team. But – I love this game. I think it's intriguing as a football fan. What about from a DFS perspective? Who stands out in your lineup builds here? Yeah, so uh, I think after watching the Buffalo-Jacksonville game last week, people are going to discount Jacksonville as a whole uh, just because they look so ugly and sloppy on offense. And I think that'd be a huge mistake that, you know, good defense travels anywhere, home, road, cold, hot, it doesn't matter. And they've got the best defense I've seen in a long time. So I absolutely think they're going to be competitive in this game. And uh, as bad as they looked on offense last week, I think that there's 
you know, a serious opportunity here for them to pull this upset and win with on the on the back of Leonard Fournette. And he didn't look good against Buffalo. And uh, a lot of it was because every time you looked, there was practically nine guys in the box for Buffalo. Now, Pittsburgh could do that again, but I think they're more likely to be a little bit more arrogant and not and not sell out to stop Fournette. And we saw what Fournette did that last game against him on, in Pittsburgh. I think he could do that. I think he could do it again. Not quite as great as that. That'd be fantastic. But I think yes, I think, I think he, he could have a big game again. These guys are struggling without uh, Shazier in there. So, uh, you know, if they're, if they're arrogant and they don't stuff that box with nine guys, I think he could have another big game. They play strong defense. They could pull the upset here. Now, I'm not going to go to Blake Bortles, and I'm not going to go to his pass catchers because he looked terrible last week. I mean – he looked bad, so that gives me no confidence in his pass catchers. So I really just want to stick with Fournette on Jacksonville. And on the flip side, uh, you know, I'm probably going to stick with Le'Veon Bell. He's high priced. You're going to have to squeeze him in and figure out how to do it. But man, this pass defense is so good. I'm really at odds here. I haven't decided yet. Uh, we're re- we're recording this really early in the week, so I haven't really dug into it. But, I mean, there's going to be a, a receiver from Pittsburgh that has a good game. You just have to choose which one it's going to be. There's three options, Brown, Schuster, or Bryant. But as good as Jacksonville is in the secondary, somebody's going to be a weak link, and that weak link is going to get exposed. It's just a matter of who it's going to be. Uh, obviously, you want to take Antonio Brown as the best guy in the game, but what if he's still feeling effects of the calf injury? I don't know. So, And Schuster has stepped up to be so good. But even if you know if you devote your top two guys to those two guys, then it could be Martavis Bryant who who steps up. And a, and a sleeper I'm going to look at as a utility this week is Vance McDonald. So I think I think somebody's going to step up in the passing game for Pittsburgh besides Le'Veon Bell. I think this is a good game to. I and mean, people aren't going to are going to shy away from this thing, but I think it's a good game to turn to. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a low total, and a lot of people, like I said, are going to avoid it. Just a 41, but. There's a lot of places you can go. So, Derek, let's start with you with Pittsburgh. You know, we saw Antonio Brown, 19 targets in that last game against Jacksonville, went 10 for 157 in a tough matchup. He's the lowest price he's been all season long on DraftKings, just 8,100. Le'Veon Bell, on the other hand, we mentioned a lack of carries, did see 10 targets in that game against Jacksonville, but there is a big price difference between the two, $1,500. So if you have to choose one, I don't know if you can get them both in there, feel great about it. Which one is it? And then you're the Jags fan. Is it more Fournette in this game against Pittsburgh? 28 carries in that last matchup, 181 yards. Now, 90 of that came on one run, but still, you see the 28 carries. That's what you want to see out of Leonard Fournette. And what about the Jags D? Can we go back there? Best defense in the league. It's one of the better offenses in the league. So, thoughts on Pittsburgh? Finish it up with Jacksonville. All right, if I have to choose between Bell and Brown, if we take ownership out of the equation, it's obviously going to be uh, Le'Veon Bell. He's more expensive, but uh, the way to beat the Jags is through the run and uh, you know with running back. So I think Bell's in a great spot. You know, a lot of people last week forced Gurley into their lineups, didn't end up working. Uh, so hopefully, you know, people won't try to force Bell in there as much as they did last week with Gurley. Could lower his ownership a little bit, um, but I think he's the best position player in the slate, and I'm going to be paying up for him if possible. Uh, I do like Brown in tournaments, though. I do expect uh, the Steelers to lean on their two best players. Not really interested in paying 6K for Juju Smith, Schuster, or 5K for Martavis Bryant. So I think it's going to be Bell and Brown. Um, I'll probably make you know quite a few lineups, and I'll have one or the other on all of them. Uh, no interest in Ben, though. I don't think there's enough upside for him. 
uh, even though this game is at home. Uh, as for the Jaguars, yeah, they beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh earlier this year, and they beat them in Pittsburgh in 2007 in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, three times in a row. Let's do it. Um, let's do it. Uh, Bortles, more. Was, was that their last playoff uh, yeah, before, before, shot, 2007? Has it been yeah, that before long? Before the Bills win last week, uh, it was 2007. David oh, Gerard, man. Yeah. Wow, there's a blast from the past. All right, what are you doing with the Jags All right, here? Jags, loading up on the Jags. Uh, Blake Bortles, more rushing yards and passing yards last week. That was uh, kind of fun to watch. Uh, and the Steelers have allowed the fifth most rushing yards to quarterbacks, so uh, you know maybe he has a higher floor than we might think. Um, if they are playing from behind, which hopefully they won't be, but if they are, he is going to have to air it out a little bit more. I don't really love pairing him with his receivers, though. Uh, we saw D.D. Westbrook, Marquise Lee, Keelan Cole, and Alan Hearns all played between 30 and 35 snaps last week. So it's tough to pick one of them because, uh, you know, there's four guys that are all splitting time. Uh, but I do like the Fournette call. He's actually doing a lot more, uh, you know, work in the passing game. He's seeing, you know, five-plus targets a game. Definitely a nice prize. He's going to get all the goal line work. So, yeah, I'm going to be on Fournette quite a bit. I'll take a shot on Bortles and tournaments. And then uh, for the Steelers, I kind of like Bell and Brown. Wait, 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 wait. Did, yeah. did Derek just reference Blake Bortles last week and say that was fun to watch? Hey, oh, dude, man. That's brutal, man. Hey, hey it's been 10, <laughs> ten years man. since I mean, the playoff win. I haven't had much much to watch. And his spare, in his spare yeah. time, Derek likes to watch a little paint dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun is not the word I would have used. I guess as a Jags fan, you got it done. So I guess it was fun. But as a football fan, that, that was brutal. But – I do have some interest in Aditi Westbrook. He still feels too cheap on DraftKings, 4,400. Saw a decent amount of targets last week. So he gives you that deep threat ability. So he's a guy that I'll be looking at. But Brown Bell, I think you load up there. I agree with you, Derek. I don't think you need to go to Ben Roethlisberger. But those two, they're going to lean on their horses. And, again, like I said in the beginning, very intrigued with this game. I think the spread's too high, guys. Seven, seven and a half, eight points here for Pittsburgh. We didn't do our game game predictions here, so now we got to rewind again. Top Atlanta, Philly, who you got? Oh, it's all good. Just the editors will just edit this into <laughs> where it's just like our picks come right after our yeah. game pick. So it'll be okay. <laughs> get on that soccer, Dave. Uh, I would say Atlanta, Philly. I'm going to say my first instinct was Atlanta to win until I saw the spread. Now I'm going to flip it around. I, I think uh, Philly twenty four to twenty. Derek, Falcons, Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to take Philly, too. I'm going to go 20 to 17. Oh, I think the Falcons continue to roll here. I think they got a good draw against the Rams, who, again, I expected to play better. But I just don't know that Nick Foles is going to be enough to beat this Atlanta team. I think they go and they win 24 to 20. Derek, Tennessee, New England. Tennessee have any shot here in this game? Uh, you know, as a Jaguars fan, I hope that they have a shot because uh, you know, maybe we <laughs> I knew that was coming. That's why I went to you first. But uh, but no, I don't think they have much of a shot. I'm going to take the Patriots. I'll go uh, 31 to 13. All right, Chop, what do you got? Titans, Patriots game prediction. New England, 38 to 17. Okay, I'm in the same boat. I'm going to say 34 to 10. Uh, I just don't see Tennessee having enough firepower or the defense to try to, to stop this New England offense at home. So New England rolls. Chop, we'll, we'll save Derek for last year. I'm sure his prediction is going to be like 38 nothing Jacksonville. 
Let's get a reasonable prediction here, Chop. Can the Jags go in and do it again? They could, but I'm not, I'm not going to put my money on it. I, I'm going to say Pittsburgh wins this game a little bit more offense than what people might expect. I say 27 to 24. All right. I got Pittsburgh as well, Derek. Sorry. I think it's close. I would take the Jags and the points, but I think it's Pittsburgh 24, Jacksonville 20. Derek, what do you got? Do your Jags go in and get it done? Yeah, if I had uh, money on the line, I probably wouldn't be betting on a Jags win. But uh, I have to pick them. I'm going to go 23 to 20. You know, the last time these two teams faced earlier in the season, Ben Roethlisberger was contemplating retirement. Uh, that's how good this defense was. <laughs> You're knocking him into retirement. We'll see here. All right, let's get to probably the game of the week, guys. New Orleans, Minnesota. We saw this game to open up the season. Was not the game of the week then. Minnesota handily won that game. Had us all worried about New Orleans, and they bounced back after those opening two losses. Now, here we are for the rematch. Minnesota about a four, four-and-a-half point favorite here, Derek. How does this game play out? You know, Minnesota, we know, all season long has been very good at home, very good defensively. It's going to be a crazy, raucous crowd there. New Orleans on the road. We used to worry about Drew Brees. Do we still have those same concerns here? And is New Orleans going to be able to establish that running game here against Minnesota? So break it all down. Very intriguing game. There's a lot of pieces in play here. What do you got, Saints and Vikings? It takes a really bad matchup for me to not like anyone on the Saints. But, uh, yeah, this is a tough spot. The Vikings have only allowed eight offensive touchdowns all year at home. Um, you know, Saints only have an implied total of 20 points, which is probably one of their lowest uh, of the entire season. So, yeah, I don't really want to target Breeze. I think uh, he's a little expensive for the matchup. don't really want to target Michael Thomas. He'll have to deal with Xavier Rhodes. Um, so for me, it's going to be the running game if I have any exposure to the Saints. Uh, given the big price difference, Ingram's $2,200 cheaper than Kamara. I'd probably lean that route. Um, and, yeah, I, mean, I just don't have a ton to say about the Saints. Minnesota, great home field advantage and a great defense. So don't really love uh, the Saints side of the ball. For the Vikings, my favorite play here is Adam Thielen. Uh, yes. In their first meeting, uh, Thielen ran 72% of his routes in the slot. Uh, which was compared to only 50% in all the other games in the season. We know Marshawn Lattimore uh, doesn't really line up in the slot very often. Thielen caught seven passes for 146 yards against them, and uh, I'm expecting another big spot for him here. And if that's the case, you know, Diggs is going to see Lattimore, so I probably don't want, don't want a ton of exposure to him. Uh, but Case Keenum, definitely a nice price. I think you can play him. Uh, and then the running backs are both interesting as well. Latavius Murray is going to get the goal line work. McKinnon is going to get a little bit more of the pass game work. They're both very affordable. We know the you can beat the Saints uh, through the running game. So I like both running backs, and then I like a little bit of Keenum to Thielen. Yeah, I love the Thielen call. I think he's going to go on their own based on the pricing difference between him and Diggs. There's a $1,400 uh, gap there, and the recent play hasn't been great. We've kind of seen Diggs elevate to that number one receiver, but I'm with you on the point that he tore up this New Orleans team in the slot. Lattimore has only played a handful of snaps in the slot, so he should be able to do that once again. If they look back at that game plan, he should feast here. So you pay a little bit more than most want to pay. The recent game logs are bad. I think Thielen, one of the most intriguing players, one of my favorite plays on this slate. Chop, any interest in New Orleans? Derek didn't seem to have much interest there. It's an explosive offense. It's a tough matchup. But tough for me to just not roster any of these guys. Mark Ingram down to 5,600. Uh, do you trust Breeze, Thomas? Where are you going with the Saints? And then what do we do with the Vikings? Lots of ways you can go there as well. 
Yeah, lots of ways. I would start off. I just, I wanted I do my third and wrong here, and I'm, I'm going to make it more of a, like a season long third and wrong, and and bring it full circle. But after this game, this is the same game that took place in week one earlier. You know, like you guys said, week one in in Minnesota, and the Saints got smoked, and and then they went and got smoked the next game too, and they looked terrible. The defense looked bad. It looked like a defense that was uh, just really bad and all they did was replace bad players with young players and that it was going to be just as bad. And Kamara looked like just a third down back to me. I didn't think he'd be this good this early. And I was wrong, man. That's my third and wrong. I was totally wrong on the Saints this year. I think this is like the de facto NFC championship gamer. I think whoever wins this game is going to win the NFC and go on to the Super Bowl. I think these are the two best teams right now since uh, Wentz got injured. I think these are the two best teams in the NFC. So I was totally wrong on New Orleans. Props to them for turning it around. I didn't think I didn't think that this talent was this good, but I have a lot of interest in them this week for a lot of reasons. Uh, I'll start off with Michael Thomas. Like I mean, obviously the guy's good, and his Twitter handle is "Can't Guard Mike," and it's very accurate. You just nobody can seem to guard him. And as good as Xavier Rhodes is, Sean Payton is a better coach and he'll find a way to get the ball in his hand in the hands of his best player which is Michael Thomas. He'll he'll put Thomas in the slot. Xavier Rhodes not going to go in the slot, I don't think. He'll find a way to get Thomas the ball. So I think Thomas could be you know one of those guys where you look back on the weekend and go, "Damn, that's a stud. We didn't play him. Nobody played him because we didn't like the individual matchup. Can't believe we did that. He got targeted 10 times and and crushed." Like that could be Michael Thomas this week, so I think I have plenty of interest in Michael Thomas. Uh, if not Thomas, then they'll find a way to get Ted Ginn the ball, just like last week. Uh, if not Ted Ginn, Alvin Kamara is the next guy on my radar. They'll swing it to him out of the backfield, and Ingram could be a guy who catches balls out of the backfield. He's more of a he's more of the pounding runner, and I don't think they're going to need that aspect of him this week. But he could very well catch a 50-yard pass, too. You know, he's that he's the same. He's got that same kind of skill set. So I think these guys are all in play. If you choose correctly, you can win tournaments. And I think Michael Thomas is the, the guy I'm really looking at here. And on the other side, Minnesota, you, just like you said, my, my original thought was Thielen was the number one guy. So Thielen's in, uh, definitely a guy. But I think Stefan Diggs at this price tag is in play because you just never know. You never know how they're going to get used or what's going to happen or what they're game planning right now. They could be game planning right now to incorporate Stefan Diggs, who's had plenty of time off, should be 100% healthy. And when he's healthy, he's the better he's the better skilled wide receiver physically. So maybe they're game planning for Diggs right now to be 100% and get him the ball. So I think Diggs could be a good GPP play. And then I look at the running backs. They're definitely squarely on the radar here. I think I may favor Latavius Murray. He's the goal line guy. When they get inside the five, he's the guy they're going to bring in. He's a bull. He scores touchdowns. New Orleans has a bit of an issue up the middle. Latavius Murray could take advantage of it. So I favor him a little bit over McKinnon, but I could I could see using either or in a, in a GPP setting. Yeah, I think they're both in play. They're both cheap enough. As far as the tight ends, these two teams are, are very good against the tight end position. So I think Rudolph will garner some ownership because of his name. Uh, maybe Josh Hill, people want to go back to that well because he's only 2,600. He scored last week, but you know I favor all the other guys, the other skill positions here rather than the tight ends. All right, game prediction here, Chop. I agree with you. Whoever wins this game, I think they're going on to the Super Bowl. Who wins? Can the Saints go in and possibly pull the upset here in Minnesota? 
Whew, this is a good one, man. This is a barn burner. But I think, again, I'm going to go with a, a score that I think is slightly higher than and different than what people expect. I think New Orleans is going to put up roughly 27 and Minnesota 24. So I think New Orleans is going to pull the upset on the road. Derek, what do you got here? New Orleans, Minnesota, you agree with Chop? They're going to pull the upset. Well, I've already picked uh, two upsets, so I'm going to go uh, with the home team. I'm going to go with the Vikings. I'll go 27-24. I'm going to go with the Saints here. I think at the end of the day in the playoffs, it comes down to coaching. It comes down to quarterback play, and Case Keenum's been great. Drew Brees got the experience here, and if they need a game-winning drive, not many guys I'd rather have the ball in their hands than Drew Brees. So I think it's New Orleans in a close game. I agree, Chop. I think there's going to be points here. I'm going to say 31-28 New Orleans. So shootout, definitely a stackable game, but should be a fun one to wrap up the weekend. And that'll wrap up our analysis, not only for this week, guys, but for this season. Again, 19 weeks in the books. Been a great ride, but we promise people year-long predictions. So let's start with our poor one out for the season. A guy that for some reason, and probably multiple times this season, has tore up your lineups. Chop, I'm sure you got somebody ready. Who is your 2017 season-long pour-one-out candidate? I hope I'm not stepping on your toes and taking you your, your guys. But <laughs> for me, I mean, clearly, the biggest bust of this entire season for me was Terrell Pryor. My expectations of Pryor going to a – a good offensive coach with a very good quarterback after seeing how good he was in Cleveland with bad quarterback and bad coaching. I thought he was just a total breakout candidate and man, he wasn't just not a breakout candidate. He, he never did anything. He did. He did so poorly. He eventually got benched for Dotson who can't catch a cold in the winter. Like (laughs) I can't believe Terrell Pryor was that big of a bust with that big of a skill set, but he was Terrell Pryor just tore me up for the five or six weeks that he was actually active. Yeah, you did put a lot of money into him early in the season. I remember you talking about him. Derek, who is your season long twenty seventeen pour one out? Yeah, that that was a really good one. That one's better than mine. Uh I'm gonna go with Julio Jones just because I played the guy seemingly every week and I think he had, you know, two good weeks. So I'll go with Julio Jones. Definitely didn't score enough touchdowns, didn't get uh as many targets as I would have liked to seen, but uh, I guess he's still playing, so maybe they're not doing too many things wrong. Yeah, how the hell does Julio Jones, a six-five wide receiver in a great offense, get three touchdowns? Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. Mine, I've talked about him all season long. When he's in a great spot, he never seems to produce. When he's in an impossible spot, he produces. So of course, when he's in my lineups, he didn't do anything. When I didn't have him, he went off, and that's Jordan Howard. Uh, a lot of money lost on Jordan Howard. That game against Green Bay, I went 100% on him. That didn't work out. So we'll see. Matt Nagy coming in there, an offensive mind. Uh, we'll see if they can get this running game going. I think the Bears going to be better than people expect next year. But Jordan Howard stole a lot of my dollars this season, so my poor one out for this season. All right, third and wrong, and I'm going to lead off here, guys. Everybody knows who my season-long third and wrong is going to be. I've never been more wrong in a player than I was on Mike Gillisley. A lot of hype, a lot of money involved, a lot of best ball teams. Looked great in the beginning. Three touchdowns, started off great. There was a healthy scratch most weeks. Oh, still uh, still frustrating here. But Mike Gillisley, my third and wrong here for 2017. Derek, who you got third and wrong for the season? 
All right, I've got two. The first, uh, Todd Gurley, my third and wrong is not uh, playing him as soon as I should have. Uh, it took me too many weeks uh, to get on that bandwagon, but luckily I did eventually. And then uh, my other third and wrong uh, is going to be on the Buccaneers as a whole. I just thought they were going to you know, have a really nice season. I bought into the hard knocks, uh, you know, watched that. It really uh, had some high hopes for them on the season, and they just uh, forgot to show up. All right, Chop, who you got? Who's your season long third and wrong? Well, first of all, the Mike Gillisley, that that's you lose all that money. That's what happens when you're doing your best ball drafts two weeks after the season ends. You shouldn't be doing that right now, Beer. Stay off the Mike Gillisley thing. He's gonna get it going next year, I got a feeling. I mean, I uh I, I kinda I said the Saints, you know, a minute ago. I was kinda wrong on them, but if you were uh, if I was gonna break it down to an individual player, I probably was extremely wrong on DeAndre Hopkins in the opposite way that you guys are wrong. Like I didn't think this guy was going to produce with the bad quarterbacks, and he showed me up every week. I thought by the end of the season he'd be like a $6,000 wide receiver. They'd be begging us to play in our lineups, and we'd still question it. And instead, he turned it around, and he's he's even with the bad quarterbacks. He was an elite wide receiver. I give him props, and I can't wait to see what happens if Deshaun comes back healthy next year. Yeah, he he was phenomenal this season. So uh, an interesting point there. All right, Faith Hill plays. Uh, who are you keeping the faith in, Chop? Maybe they didn't have a great year. Maybe they got hurt. There's a lot of reasons why. But going into next season, is it Terrell Pryor? Keeping the faith there. Who's your faith to play going into 2018? Well, he's an elite athletic wide receiver. He's big. He's big. Uh, It's not Terrell Pryor, though. I got another guy who's an elite wide receiver, and he had a terrible year. But it wasn't because of him. It's because they haven't given the guy a quarterback in several years. Demarius Thomas, man, just please, whatever you got to do, John Elway, get him a quarterback, uh, any kind of quarterback that's just halfway decent. And Demarius Thomas is going to return to that top seven wide receiver status that I know he is. Yeah, you got to think they're they're looking at Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith going to be available here. So there's going to be some options out there on the free agent market and they have to do something. So I like that call. Derek, who's your faith he'll play going into next season? Who are you keeping the faith in? All right, I'm going to give a team and a player again. For the team, I'm going to go with the Raiders. They brought in John Gruden. Uh, so I think they're going to be a team to watch moving forward. Uh, for my player, I'm going to go with Jordy Nelson. You know, Not really his fault that Aaron Rodgers got hurt. He may not be their number one next year, but I do expect a nice bounce back season. They just have that connection that's worked for so many years, and uh, he can really catch balls in contested situations. So I think Jordy's going to have a nice bounce back year. There you go. Keep the faith in them Green Bay Packers. You know I'm doing that. I'm going to keep the faith in Mike Gillisley. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I think I'm off of that boat. I'm going to keep the faith in Mike Evans, another guy with all the talent in the world, just didn't have the best season, the season that I expected him to have. I think next year you're going to see a, a huge season out of Mike Evans and a bounce back from those Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Derek. I know you brought him up, uh, but I expect Mike Evans to have huge, huge numbers next season, keeping the faith there in Mike Evans. All right, let's get a bold call here for the weekend. We'll do a bold call for the season, and we will wrap up the 2017-2018 season here on the DFS OGs podcast. Chop, bold call for divisional weekend. What do you got? Uh, I think the boldest the boldest I can get this weekend, I think that uh, Michael Thomas goes extremely underappreciated because of the shadow situation. Uh, with Xavier Rhodes, but I think Michael Thomas is going to be the number one wide receiver when this weekend's over with. 
All right. I like that calling. A lot of people are going to go to Ted Ginn at a cheaper price. So Thomas could be intriguing here. Derek, bold call for the divisional round. What do you got? Uh, this is an interesting one. I'm going to say Marcus Mariota has more rushing yards than Derrick Henry. Ooh. Wow. Wow. All right. That's a good one. I'm going to go with Adam Thielen. Ends up the weekend, the number one wide receiver. I'm hoping the price scares people away. I'm hoping the recent play scares people away, but I love this spot for him. I definitely got him to be cramming into a ton of lineups. Adam Thielen, maybe it's not bold. I think he goes for 150 yards here and a touchdown and ends the weekend. The number one wide receiver. 2018 bold calls. Chop, you were asking about this before we even started. So you got something <laughs> up your sleeve. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the floor to you here. What is the bold call for next season? Man, I'm going to look like a genius right here, guys. This is this is money in the bank. <laughs> well, well, you should be doing them best balls, then, Chop. You, you know, got 2018 hey, all, all figured out already. Hey, did, we do a, did we do a track record of the bold calls? I had a few bold calls hit during the course of the season. I got this thing down right yeah, here. So, first of all, Alex Smith going to be in a different spot next year. So, we're going to get Pat Mahomes at quarterback. So my bold call is that after the end of the 2018 season, your number one wide receiver in fantasy points per game is Tyreek Hill. He's going to crush it with Pat Mahomes dropping back, scrambling, and hitting him for massive touchdowns all year long. Tyreek Hill, number one wide receiver. All right, we'll have to remember that one. That's a good one. They should be an intriguing team, an interesting team, an exciting team on offense. We haven't always been able to say that about the Kansas City Chiefs. Derek, bold call going into the 2018 season. Is it Jacksonville related? Uh, the second one is, yeah, of course. Okay, go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. They want to steal your thunder there. What do you got? Okay, first one, I'm going to say Jimmy Garoppolo leads the Niners to an NFC West division title and finishes oh. the season as a top three fantasy quarterback. And then uh, I'm going to say the Jaguars repeat as Super Bowl champions next season. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the repeat. I love it. Uh, I'm going to pivot off of some of the stuff Chop said earlier, and this one I had written down, but I think the Houston Texans next season go to the Super Bowl. So, Derek, I, I don't know what, what's going to happen here, but maybe it's Jacksonville, Houston, and the AFC Championship. But I love this team. They get Watson back. We know the offense is there. You get J.J. Watt back. You know they have a defense. I think Houston going to be a team to be reckoned with, and I do think they represent. The AFC in a Super Bowl in hell, I think they win the Super Bowl. My bold call for 2018, your Super Bowl champion, Houston Texans. All right, guys, that will do it for the season. So any final thoughts here for the people out there? It's been a fun season, guys. I want to say thank you to you two guys. Two of the guys I respect the most. It's been fun. Always learn something here. Always get different perspectives. But thank you to you guys. Thank you to everybody for listening and tuning in every week. All the great feedback. You know, we love doing this pod each and every week. So, Chop, final thoughts. Wrap us up here for the season. What do you got? I just, you know, I would say, first of all, this past season, you know, it, it wasn't my best NFL DFS season. That's for sure. Uh I struggled plenty during the year, but that's going to happen in DFS sometimes. I've had plenty of seasons where I just, you know, smoked smoked everything and, and did great all year, but this wasn't one of them. Uh, but I stick to the process, and the process is like reading and, and listening and watching every, you know, the experts like like your, like like Beer, like yourself, like Notorious, uh, Warren Sharp here on Rotogra, Evan Silva, the Swolecast, Jameer, even Davis Maddock. I even read his article sometimes, <laughs> believe it or not. But you, you listen to all that stuff and you kind of piece it all together. You never take anything like 
verbatim and write it down like you're taking notes in a class. You just listen to everybody, piece it together. Hopefully everybody did that with this this project right here, too. Uh, and then hopefully you have like three or four really nice weeks during the NFL season. That's all it takes to be a big winner in the NFL. Out of 19 weeks, you have three big weeks, you're golden. So, you know, time is a valuable commodity. I, I really appreciate that people uh, gave us their time by listening to this. It floors me that people would want to sit there and listen to us for an hour, or at least myself. I don't know why you would do that, but you did. So <laughs> I appreciate it, man. And uh, good luck to you this weekend. We'll be back next year. Yeah, absolutely. Derek, wrap us up here. Final thoughts for the season. What do you got? Yeah, just a huge thanks to all of our listeners. Uh, you two are my favorites in the industry. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can run it back. We've been around long enough that uh, I'm guessing we'll still be here next year. So uh, hopefully we can get our uh, contract renewed. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back. There you go. <laughs> hey, you guys want the OGs back next season? Let them know. Let the let the suits there, Rotogrinders, yes, know. Hit them up on DM Denbach, just DM Denbach every day, every Every day. (laughs) At Roto Grinders, you let them know. But, you know, looking forward to this weekend, guys, the rest of the playoffs. So good luck to everybody out there. If you got any questions, you know where to find us. Hit us up on Twitter. But again, I'll echo these guys' thoughts. Thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. It's been a blast. We will see you next season for the Texans Championship. But good luck this weekend, guys. More chop, more noto, I am beer. We're out of here.